0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Startups. Happy Tuesday, the hardest part of the climb.
1: Yes, but we're going to make it. And make we it. have big news. Apple is has announced that they are returning to offices, this time for real, three days a week in
0: September, whether you want to go back or not. We're going to have a little debate about this, actually, uh, about the manager perspective, the worker perspective. But then I think we do a really good job of broadening out and talking about what this means for the future of work, you thought that was like the most boring topic that was totally over at every conference, but it turns out, just got a lot more interesting. And we're gonna talk about two trends, overemployed and quiet quitting. What are those two trends? And why do you need to know about them? Yeah, it's fascinating. And then we're gonna talk about meta and DoorDash partnering on deliveries for Facebook marketplace. And my theory that marketplace is actually sneakily Mm. quietly Meta's one of its most valuable assets.
1: Ah, and it's an inside job. We'll explain why. And It wouldn't be Tuesday without a J-Trade coming in. Big news on the Disney front and on the Stitch Fix front. Stick with us. It's going to be a great show.
2: This Week in Startups is brought to you by Squarespace. Turn your idea into a new website. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code TWIST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Notion is one place for notes, docs, projects, and everyday work that goes way beyond a wiki. Get started for free at notion.com slash twist. And Bubbles, guess what? You don't have to be in back-to-back calls all day or continually get pulled into quick syncs. By using Bubbles' async collaboration tool, you can remove a minimum of two meetings a week from your schedule. Get your point across with unlimited screen and video recordings for free at usebubbles.com slash twist.
0: All right. It is upon us. And by it, I mean the return to work, the battle of our time, the (laughs) new, the lines are being drawn. Oh, boy. At it's this exact moment, here. Bloomberg reports that Apple will be requiring employees to come in on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and a third day to be determined by individual teams. Apple, of course, uh, had first announced this three-day-per-week return to work policy back in June of 2021. That How's was that 14 <laughs> months ago, the last time that COVID yeah. was over. Yeah. Now we got monkeypox and polio, so I'm sure this is going to go great. It was met with both employee backlash and COVID spike. So they had postponed this Mm -hmm. return for over a year. And in response to this news, Jason tweeted.
1: (laughs) Well, I think this is uh, uh, the gentleman's layoff, I'll say. This is the proud man's layoff. Uh, I'll say this because Tim Cook's uh, a man, but they're expecting 5% of people to quit over this at a minimum, I think 5% attrition. So there's no doubt in my mind. If they have 150,000 employees at Apple, I think that's the number last I read.
0: I don't know how, I don't know if that includes the retail workers, but anyway. So they're just willing to like reduce the productivity and happiness of every single employee so that they can get rid of five without having to just suck it up and make the hard call. Impressive. Precisely. That's why I call it the gentleman's layoff. Yeah. It's like you're too proud. It's like the lazy
1: man's layoff is what it really is. That's kind of what gentleman's means. It's like the gentleman's (laughs) sweep in basketball is, you know, in a seven game series, you let them win one. It's like, uh, we know we're going to win, we could do it in four. But you know, we're not going to put our full effort into one of these games, whatever, we'll let them save face. So this is going to uh, result in a 5% riff that Apple is too proud to take. But this is becoming, I I can tell you that this time is for real. There's multiple things that are happening concurrently. Mm -hmm. The last time the economy was roaring and people had a choice of where they could work. There's a hiring freeze at every major tech company and certainly at startups, and startups are paying less salaries. So they're becoming very cost conscious. And Mm -hmm. people are trying to get more out of each employee because they wanna do less layoffs, right? They wanna get more efficiency, which I think everybody's in favor of, all all sides of the equation here. Mm -hmm. But the COVID excuse, monkeypox excuse, polio, whatever you wanna make an excuse about, that's over. Why is that over? Is is COVID actually over? No, four hundred people died yesterday. Now, of those four hundred people died, Molly, how many died with COVID? Uh, how many died from COVID? I don't right. want to have this whole debate anymore. But well, we how are many back them... up to
0: more than the flu, right? Four to five hundred a day is more than the flu kills annually. Like it's a it's a it's a legit it's number. A right? Side note, Mexico City, yeah, ninety nine percent masked. Wow, like Hardcore. That city is hardcore.
2: Yeah, it so that's really that's fascinating
0: to me. Yeah.
1: I, literally, it was on a ropes course. I took all the girls on a ropes course. Yeah, which was I actually really Instagram. terrifying. That was amazing. Take, <laughs> taking six year olds on a rope course. I, knew, I was
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> I was one of so my daughters nervous. is like, we're
1: there with thirty feet in the air and there's no ropes, you know, to hold on to on this like the, the final two because she kept wanting to go on more and more difficult things. One of my six year olds is incredibly brave. We got up there. All of a sudden, we figured out the limit of the braveness because she's like, I don't want to do this, and I was like, can't go backwards got to go forward. So either I'm going to carry you across and we're both gonna fall and be in our harnesses or you know, whatever. Anyway, th- the reason I bring it up is there was a family from China there. I, I believe China. Um, I'm usually good at checking and telling the accents um, could have been Hong Kong. Anyway, um, they were all masked outside. Yeah, socially distanced at an absurd pace. So obviously, for some people, it's still very real. I'm just talking about Americans. And this isn't my view. This is just, you know, right. boots on ground you can't go out to dinner movies on an airplane go to europe go mm. to yosemite whatever your, your bag is go to the warriors game and then, and also then claim, say work is not safe yeah yeah work is not yep. safe but yeah. last year you could you could say that last year oh, you can't say without a doubt yep. yeah yeah so that's over and the economy is screwed so now that the economy is screwed like this mm-hmm. you know it's um yeah it, it's it's a, it's a whole different ball of wax but w- what I realized was that this is top of mind for people. And Malcolm Gladwell, famous (laughs) author, uh, who's a really considered guy, I I, I think, obviously he reads his books. Uh, It's super considered, but he uh, had strong feelings on this as somebody who I think we all know writes books from all around the world and does not go to an office every day to the best of my knowledge. Mm -hmm. He basically said working from home is destroying us. Here's a 43-second clip. It's hard to feel necessary when you're physically disconnected. And as we face the battle that all organizations are facing now in getting people back into the office, that this, people, it's really hard to explain this core psychological truth, which is we want you to have a feeling of belonging and to feel necessary. We, and we want a, you to join our team. And if you're not here, it's really hard to do that. It's not in your best interest. To work at home. I know it's a hassle to come to the <laughs> office. But like, you know, if you work, if you're just sitting in your pajamas in your bedroom, is that the work life you want to live? Right? Don't you want to feel
0: part of something? Molly, your reaction? I think I what's really true, liked... What's not true? Yeah. I liked your tweet about how people are talking past each other on this issue. I mm. think that a lot of people really want to just make a pronouncement and have it be true, including Malcolm Gladwell. And... Yeah. As with almost every uh, topic ever, Hmm. some people are one way, other people are another way, and some other people might be a completely different way. And get this, bear with me, this might sound crazy. Sometimes people have varying circumstances Hmm. that make certain things work better or worse for them. Got it. So and your different life people experience. need, again, stay with me, this is crazy, different things in order to be successful. Got it.
1: <gasps> I know, it's mind-blowing. Now, I just want to give a little context here. I understand what he's going through. Um, he's a business owner, Pushkin in- Industries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great podcasting company. They make amazing content, him and Michael Lewis and their, their other partner. I mean, they really are making great content. If you haven't checked out their podcast, they're extraordinary. Um, and I think... In that creative process, it would benefit having everybody around a table, you know, planning out new podcasts or editing them. Now, in the steady state of producing a podcast, does everybody need to be in the office? Well, we're here every day. I don't even know the last time we saw each other was in, uh, at the All-In Summit in May. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, would it be better if we saw each other more often? Sure.
0: Is the podcast would suffering? Because I'm very so. annoying in person. What's that? I said, would it? Because I'm very annoying in person. I don't think so. It's it's kind of fun to hang out there in person. But but my point is. But you know what I'm saying? But we're putting out content at a really high level. It's working. There are ways. Like, I have to be honest. I'm finding, and I was listening to your interview with Howard Linsman. Linsman. Lindsen, Howard Lindsen. And there are so many of these conversations now happening about the way that people must work and the way that they are most effective and the way they feel loved and whatever. And I'm just finding the whole thing like really patriarchal and insulting to employees like it's such a bizarre uh, assumption that you can only be effective and successful and happy one way yeah and that way just happens to be the boss's way and the boss is all these older white guys who are like i believe this is how you have to work because this is how i've always done it and if i can't see you then you're not real and your work is not real despite what your outcomes may tell me to the contrary And And I I think that's why the Malcolm Gladwell thing like, went over poorly, let's say he was getting
1: dunked on. I do know a lot of people agree with him uh, who own businesses, uh, Mm -hmm. or who are managers. And I think, you know, I always try to look at like the intent here. I think his intent is correct. I think for young people who need mentorship, being in an office, actually would be pretty dope. Now, do they have to be in five days a week or whatever? Is it absolutely necessary? No, we have people here rachel's developing wonderfully nick is an extraordinary contributor uh previously you know we've had people here who've done amazing jobs who Mm -hmm. are first-time employees but it would be nice to spend more time in person with them and certain jobs require it like if you're building a rocket ship or car batteries of an iphone whatever but you know what's gonna i always think about what's gonna happen what's the path forward here yeah And I can tell you what's happening in the big tech companies. The reports of abuse combined with the inability of management to know how to manage employees at scale is leading to management saying, we got to come back to offices and we got to figure out a way to negotiate this with employees. And they were given a crisis. This financial crisis is their window. Mm -hmm. Never waste a crisis. On the other side, this was the way for people who always wanted to work from home. When COVID happened, it was like, see? I had a number of employees i had riffs with at this very company who wanted to work from home or wanted unlimited vacations i said no never not how i do business we're always going to work in person that doesn't change this business is about founders meeting with them in person meeting with other investors and then you know what happened COVID happened the entire industry changed Mm -hmm. so now the my my entire thesis suddenly became wrong overnight which is humans adapted and now the default is meeting over zoom not in person. So anyways, so I've been thinking about this a lot because there are things that can I run two work from home companies inside and launch. Uh, so 20 employees at one 30 at another. I, I, I'm really seeing where this fails and where it succeeds. It's it's so clear to me how this is all going to work out. I think employees are going to start to be bucketed. And I think way founders are going to start looking at this is it's going to become hybrid in both ways hybrid a couple of days a week in the office a couple of days out, and then hybrid with certain group of teams in the office and certain not. I think the standard is gonna become the management teams and will have an in-office culture. Now, why is that? Well, because they can afford to live within 20 minutes of the office. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the key Mm -hmm. issue that nobody talks about. You brought it up in our group chat this morning to remind me, thank you. Yeah,
0: it's a cost thing.
1: It's an an
0: equity, it's a commute thing. The commute thing is just bad ROI
1: listen, Squarespace is the platform where you can build or sell anything. You all know it. I've talked about it forever a decade here on This Week in Startups in partnership with Squarespace. We love it here. We use it for all our websites remote demo day.com, etc. And there are so many great features in Squarespace that you need to know about and that founders love. Obviously, e-commerce has been huge for them. And you're like, well, Squarespace, I immediately think beautiful templates, perfect uh, responsiveness across any device, mobile, desktop, Yes, but they've added inventory management, APIs and advanced analytics, they have incredible SEO right out of the box. So you're going to start ranking and selling and now they have member areas. What's member areas? Well, you can generate revenue through exclusive members only content. You can take all of that great content that you can teach people, put it on your Squarespace site and then sell it to people as a subscription or one off pieces of content. It's amazing. And if you build it for yourself, you don't have to give that 15 or 30% to other platforms, right? Let people come direct to you. Own that relationship. Don't get disintermediated. Head to squarespace.com twist for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code twist to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com twist. Squarespace.com twist for a free trial. Offer code twist for 10% off. Let me ask you a question, Molly. If all commutes for everybody at Apple... hmm we're under twenty minutes, right. or if all of our commutes at lunch and this week in starts, were under twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Hey, we're going to start taping in the office, whatever." Do you think it would be an issue? No, exactly. So I mean, why I think does there, everybody not still?
0: People would still want some hybrid because, like, life pick did up kids. get a lot easier. You need to pick up kids, like the flexibility of work from home. Particularly for working parents, right? And particularly sure. for caregivers. moms who shoulder yeah. a lot more of this or caregivers of any type. Yeah. Taking care of your mom, your dad, yeah, your grandma, yeah. whatever. Like that really was and has been consistently a game changer. But yeah, if people could just pop in and out of the office, you could go, if you had a 20 minute commute and you could go pick up your kid and then drop them off and then come back because they're 15 and you're like, I'll be back in an hour. Yeah. That's I can not make, a problem. I can make
1: the investment team meeting. I just got to pick up my kid. I'll be right back. Right. No big deal. All it's right. Like you, ate, you ate lunch in the car. You know, don't worry about it. It's your, it's your issue to make sure you work eight hours a day. So. Yeah,
0: totally. Like we're talking about, in the it, particularly with big tech, yeah. right? Two hour commutes each way. Yeah. On Some like people. I would say the average is an hour, but yeah. I Some mean, people it, it is too. But yeah. it certainly can be. Like if you tried to buy, if you, if you tried to drive certainly from Oakland to like Menlo Park. You better leave at two that hours. Time, yeah, yeah, hour and a half. Yeah, um, an hour and a half, two hours. Like it's a, yeah. it's, I don't know. And so it's sort it's of arduous. just like you're a hundred percent, and it, it's not just arduous. It's bad ROI. It's like yeah, it either either it's bad for the employee who is spending an hour yeah. on this work related requirement that they don't get paid for, if they're hourly, or it's bad for you, the employer, because honestly, if I was at home, I'd be working for that ninety minutes
1: In instead of driving. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the now you're having this uh, dance occur where people are going to try to figure out how to negotiate this. Big companies, they yep. don't need to negotiate. It's going to be our way or the highway. And then maybe there'll be some exceptions you never hear about. Some crazy, awesome developer lives in a mountain town. The CEO says, I've been working with him for 30 years. We don't want at the office. They're too weird anyway. <laughs> like,
0: forget mm-hmm. it. I don't want that guy right. in the office. He's too weird. You'll get nuts. more stratification. Like rock yeah. stars will be able to negotiate work from exactly. home. Or, yeah, yeah, totally. And let me ask you another question. It
1: mm-hmm. might relate to yesterday's show. Why can't everybody live within 20 minutes of Facebook or Google or Apple?
0: Oh, that's so funny. It's because um, the yeah. guys who can afford to live really close to work don't want anybody to build more houses really close to work. So Hello. thanks a lot. Thanks a thanks, lot, Anderson. Thanks, Mark.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Andreessen. <laughs> so this is the hypocrisy, right? Yes. We, want, we want people to come to work, but we don't want to build apartments or housing within 20 minutes of work. And uh, this is, I think, the, you know, this. Um, what do they call that when two people are at a roadblock? An impasse. Uh, roadblock? Mm-hmm. An impasse, this yeah. is the
0: impasse. This is the impasse, exactly. Is and it's commutes. partly why it's so insulting, the conversation too. It's sort of just like this assumption that like, you know, every employee who works here is in mm-hmm. the exact same circumstance as the person who has like 10 people to help him with yeah. his life or whatever and lives 10 minutes from the office or gets driven there. It's mm-hmm. like, you're entitled, That is good too. Yeah, I know a lot of executives
1: is, who have drivers. <laughs> right, It's quite 100%. delightful to be able to show up after the commute and leave before it or after it. Yeah, your time's your own kind of
0: situation. And be driven. Um, exactly. I mean, it just yeah. is like work is not... One thing I predict actually as this goes forward too is like, yes, you'll have 5% of Apple employees quit. You will start to see... Because there are some employees, again, back to the original point, some people like this, some people like that, redfish, bluefish. You will have some employees who will choose companies because they want to go into an office or not. And company cultures will be established accordingly based on the bosses. And some people will pick that and others won't. And I just want to give advice to each side. There is a movement
1: called like overemployed. And uh, Nick, maybe you could pull up the subreddit, the the one post I sent about the guy say, hey, everybody shut up about this. And then maybe you could pull up, we'll pull up after that, the overworked website I I linked here. There's a movement going on now where people are hypothesizing that, hey, it's not illegal to work two jobs. So now employment law is going to have to be refined. And I'm in the process for both of my companies writing a best practice for work from home. I I'm committed to both companies doing it, but I see some of the faults here. This is one of the faults, uh, which is one group is interpreting hourly employment, which is what everybody's getting paid for. It is a salary based on hours. And when they get paid based on that, they're saying, well, I'm going to look at this as freelance or project work. Therefore, if you give me work at work and I get it done in four hours, I can take another job without telling you and do four hours and that's a big company being stupid or you don't give me enough work or you don't manage me well enough. That's not me being dishonest and unethical. It actually is you being honest and unethical. You can't be working for two companies full-time simultaneously without disclosing it to them and getting their permission. And now this is going to be something that's going to be in all contracts. But this guy says here, like a lot of you need to to stop talking about it (laughs) Uh, because there's literally a subreddit for this. And I had brought this up on the show like six months ago. Now it's becoming actual techniques. Now pull up the website somebody created.
0: Overemployed dot yeah. com slash FAQ work to remote jobs reach financial freedom Thank you. new to yeah. working multiple jobs welcome to the overemployed lifestyle I'll start here with our most frequently asked questions what do I put on my resume can I tailor it to leave out some job experience there's all this sort of like how do I job hunt is yeah. working multiple jobs even legal yes they say generally it is do I look for a larger or smaller company for my second job I mean what's so interesting about this is how actually completely normalized and even yeah. required, It became for every American worker to have a quote-unquote side hustle, right? It was like, oh, we know that there's not a single state in America where you can afford to get a two-bedroom apartment on minimum wage, so you're all going to need side hustles, so we're just going to glorify the crap out of that and make it seem like the only way to live. So then people got home, had all of the hours of the day available to them, and were like, hmm, I bet I could side hustle the crap out of this, up to and including maybe two full-time jobs. And so it's kind of, but again... Like, first, we were told you have to have a side hustle to survive in America because we're not going to pay you enough to survive right, well, in America. Just and to then, be clear, though, Molly. Shockingly, people went off and got like two jobs. I'm just sorry to be clear. if they weren't performing at the other job when they just get fired?
1: No, no. That is the, that's the wrong lens to look at it. The, this is not minimum wage people who can't make their mortgage payment or their. I know.
0: No, that's not these true. Are I mean, <laughs> these are developers.
1: These are six figure jobs trying to figure out how do I get a 300 k job at Facebook and a hundred fifty K job at a startup. And then they're kind of trying to come up with techniques of how to be on two calls simultaneously. No. How I to get say you're in inter- like they literally are making scripts of like, oh I can't make the like if two things get booked at the same time, oh my I had a kid emergency. Oh the internet went out of my house. Like they're coming up with all the reasons of like how to navigate those situations.
0: I'm so just saying,
1: don't we also consider that hustle? I consider it unethical. It, it sure it's hustling. If you did it after the workday and sure, but you have to let your employee know your employer know you're doing this. So employers are just going to make this clear. Yeah. And then there's also competition that occurs. Like so what if you're competing with another company, but this is the kind of stuff that I can tell you is driving people back to work or driving the executives to drive people out to work. This kind of unethical behavior. Also, people are using uh, a key shaker and a mouse shaker to put into because a lot of jobs, if you're in, I think like Microsoft Teams or Slack, it'll show you're yeah, away J- from your Jason, computer.
2: Anecdotally, the key shaker is yeah a b- hundred times more prevalent than people working two remote jobs. The key shaker thing, I know a of ton of people that do that. That's like well, a real. Course so this is because
0: your of course company is. is stalking you, and I mean, no,
1: no, no. This uh, no Molly, you don't get to say that it's because the company stalking you. This is because people are going to the gym for four hours or they're f***ing around. That you you're not putting a key shaker on there because the companies look at you it's because you're not working the hours they're paying you for
2: no i know a guy he used to work uh he used cool. to uh, his company used to let him work from home two days a week before the pandemic and he had a yeah. key shaker plugged in and he literally would go to the gym for like two hours in the middle of the day and he would just be on excel and every like three minutes the key shaker would just move
1: but was that because they were recording his desktop because of the status and like so no, it's
2: the, so if your if your mouse goes idle for like over 10 minutes your manager gets an alert so he had a key shaker. Really? On. Yeah. Ooh, what's that software called?
0: I don't know. <laughs> no, hmm? I have a better solution for this. Anyway, this is the kind of stuff that is causing this problem. This
2: was problem. free pandemic.
0: I, doing th- this. Exactly. Like, okay, two things about this. One, yeah, okay. if people are overemployed now, they were overemployed before. Two, every organization has hitters and sitters. If you are managing to outcomes and you're not getting those outcomes, then you deal with your sitters. Like... I sort of think that there's this and, much like how many people actually steal at a department store, this is not the majority of workers. And so, the fact that it is leading to almost as always, right? Like, it's like when there's the one bad kid in class, the whole class gets punished. Yeah. That's what this feels like to the people who are at home working their asses off and picking their kids up and trying to take care of this and trying to take care of that. And Like, yeah, you know what? They go to the gym for an hour because not dying is great. Okay, like, but you're, you're talking as a high performer, Molly, who works with a team of
1: incredibly hardworking high performers who put in 50, 60 hours a week because they want to do great work in the world. If you were at, I don't know, an organization that was large and incumbent, with. do you think there were, what percentage of people at a large org do you think are phoning it in
0: more than 20% I'm just saying of the time? They're phoning it in. Whoever's phoning it in is phoning yeah. it in from anywhere. It does not matter if they're at home okay. or in the office. And we uh, all know those people who are sitting there playing Tetris at the office. All of well, them. that's why people went to open floor plans. <laughs> right. But that so, doesn't work either. You can still, you can always find a way to F around if you want to. Like it's just not. Yeah. I, I perhaps, just yeah. do not think that it's the so, majority of people. And if these. Oh, no, I don't think it's the majority. I think it's a significant minority.
1: Like I right. think it's pro- I would put it in the thirty percent. Discourse
0: range. suggests yeah. it's the majority, and the, and that is and and what's happening is that that is pissing people off, right? So you're starting to see that's what I, I found said, this- yes,
1: right. The, and the so- managers are making this decision based on they hear these stories, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, we can't trust these people.
0: We gotta get them in the office again, right? And so this is going to get worse. Seventy to eighty percent, exactly. It's going to yeah. get worse, and so now you're seeing this quiet quitting thing. Yep. have you seen this hashtag quiet quitting? It is uh, this idea that people are like, you know what? I'm doing the minimum of what my job requires. Oh, wow. And there was a really interesting um, Twitter thread about it by somebody, ironically, no-name writer, which sounds about right, and said to trendy reporters out there helping to scare people, it's not quiet quitting. It's quietly no longer allowing your employer to commit wage theft. The pandemic showed us employers will flat out let us die. You get what you pay for, and they're only paying 62.4% of what they should. Requiring people to be available for contact at all times in a non-emergency meeting is wage theft. Requiring or pressuring people to answer calls and emails off work hours is wage (sighs) theft. But that's right. This is the equal and opposite reaction. It is. It is. And yeah. what I predict is that the mm. more companies that do insist on this return from work, yeah, um, the more you're going to see, and you're already starting to see it, but you're going to see more union drives. That'd because be people are going to start to say, fantastic. you know what, when I was at home, yeah. I got this much work done. Now you're requiring this and this and this, and you're, you're not going to pay me for it. And so I want to unionize and make sure that I only work the hours that I'm getting paid for. Yeah. Like you're going <laughs> to see years of push pull. If you're a
1: remote startup, you need to sign up for notion point blank, my teams use it all day. It's our central hub, we basically run the whole company off of notion, every single company we meet with as an investment team has a profile in our database. And then if I say to my uh, chief of staff or somebody on the team who's a you know, an associate, we should check in with that company. In three months, they can just put an at mention there and say, Hey, remind me of this in three months. And boom, people get reminded. Or if you need a person to come and comment on a specific paragraph in your proposal to a client you need to put at Jason, boom, and then I get a notification 500 different apps have been integrated into notion already Google Slack, everything and everything is in one space that's simple, powerful, and beautifully designed. The workspace is totally customizable, it can fit any workflow or business model and notion can seamlessly Transition from a workplace power tool into a game changer for your personal life. I use it literally for my house. I keep every single appliance, device, contractor, all of that stuff in a beautiful, beautiful Notion instance for my house and for my ski house. Everybody loves Notion. You can get started today for free at Notion.com slash twist. That's Notion.com slash twist to start for free. Notion.com slash twist to take the first step towards an organized, productive work and life. Head day, you're gonna love it. It'll be great if there's unions, as I've talked about on this show before. Um, when unions come out, it just puts caps on people's salary. The tech industry would love, love nothing would be better than to have unionization. They'll fight it, but oh my god, can you imagine like NPR or you know uh, public radio? Mm-hmm. Or well, I, APM, I know this from APM Vox. Did, did unionize right as I left? Yeah, they started having unions, right? Yeah. Now here's what happens to union. Yeah. Hey, Kai Rizdal. No quite a brand yeah Molly exactly. Wood quite a brand okay you got these offers from oh this maniac Jason Calacanis well, wants to give you a better aren't. Art.
0: hosts aren't in the union
1: <laughs> there you go talent's but never th- in the union uh not yet not yet because you will then be pressured yeah like happened at Gimlet where the people who are in reply oh we're like no we don't want to be in the union yeah you know why they didn't want to be in the union they were getting paid more money because their show was number one mm-hmm. and they wanted to get paid based on their performance and they had other options and then they got shamed oh my God, you're racist, you know, you're white, you're not in the union, you don't support the other people. And I was like, no, I'm a high performer. I wanna get paid the best possible salary. I don't wanna be on a, a cap where like every three years I can apply to move up one rank. Like Which is what happens when you yeah. work, in, you know, in a union for teachers or you work in a, you know, as a police officer or a firefighter, mm-hmm. you know, there's like stages and your, your career has to follow a, you know, a very deliberate path. Um, it'd be fantastic for tech. If that happened, oh my God, you're a level yeah. one, two, three engineer. Oh no, I got a better offer or whatever. It's like, no, you don't. We know what they pay at Google. Mm-hmm. And then that would just price fix the entire industry. Yep. And everybody, it would be and it probably will. F- they exactly, would, they would love it. Tim Cook, Sundar, Satya, they would love it if high-tech workers unionize. High-tech workers are too smart to unionize. They'll never do it. Now, well, media people like those, are dumb.
0: There are those moves toward the kind of hybrid unions, right? Is it Amazon? Somewhere they created a new kind of union. Mm. I mean, what you have to ask yourself is, do I not want to... I'm saying this is... Yeah. I'm not passing a, a value judgment on whether this is a good or a bad outcome. But what I'm saying is that you're oh, going to have your... You know, yes, This yeah, is definitely going to happen. Because you're going to have your 70% of employees who are high performer. Or let's say, let's say it's a 30-30-30 like it always is. You got 30 mm. sitters. You got 30 people who just like get her done. They're yep. perfectly fine. And then you have 30% high performers, right? Yep. The middle and the high performers are going to feel... Insulted and pissed by the implication that yes. they have been goofing off at home this whole time.
1: Yep When this exact, is what I would have the
0: average American ended up working like 11 hours more per week Here's what I would have done if I was apple Yeah,
1: I would have said we're doing a riff every manager, you know out of every 10 people you gotta every 20 people Yeah, gotta get rid of your bottom three performers It's up to you and then your your manager will just talk you through it and make sure you made a good decision and you know Whatever there'll be some process here mm-hmm. 15% riff you get rid of the weakest people. You get rid of the 10, 15% weakest people in any organization, basketball team, runners group, everybody's performance goes up. Yep. All the high performers enjoy their job more. It's just proven. Uh, it's not my opinion, it's just a fact. Yeah. Then what I would say is we're going to have, people work 47 weeks a year, five days a week, 250 minus 50, 235 days is what we used to come into offices. I'd say, you know what? 235 is what we used to do. We're now all gonna come in for one third of that. Mm-hmm. That's uh, 80 we're gonna come in for 80 days could be a week in a row could be two week sprint a month off Whatever it is you and your managers will figure it out But that's our ballpark. We think 80 days of collaboration is the ballpark it by You know 12 months. It's seven days a month You and your managers figure out what seven days a month you're going to get together or whatever, you know pick some number It could be 50. I, I don't know what the exact number is mm-hmm. But then people could have longer sprints together Not if they think that the job needs that so now mm-hmm. you, you solve both those problems but I, there's another it's always the second and third order impacts that i'm interested in and that's yep. like what our conversation is here you have yep. a really good insight this you know slow quitting or quiet you know, quitting uh, quiet quitting mm-hmm. which is really like you're paying me but i'm not working <laughs> it's like a little well, protest it's i'm gonna do exactly the work you're paying me
0: for and that's it right um, no more and than th- that.
1: here's the thing great managers have figured out how to do this so I'll go through my steps of how to be a, a better manager and do this because I'm going to write a follow up to my SOD EOD. You need to have people who are self motivated. And then you need to have each everybody uh, in just uh, everybody has to be accountable to each other, not up and down, but left and right. Just be accountable to each other to do the best job you can. And I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But I think what's going to happen that people don't understand is that the people who fight for work from home, you better be a high performer, because what you just did was you are now competing with the globe. And managers previously did not know how to manage people off of, uh, you know, out of offices. Now, all managers do know how to manage people out of offices. Now, some are bad managers still, but they know most how to look at output they know how to write a spec of work they know how to share your calendar time blocking all of this stuff is becoming top of mind for people so then something happened to me i i, I was looking to hire sdr sales development reps mm-hmm. and then i tried magic again which is just another like fiverr virtual. we were investors in Virtual before i went under and i was able to hire through magic for 10 bucks an hour 15 bucks an hour virtual assistants and they're doing the work that would have cost an american previously 30 40 50 dollars an hour in America, Mm -hmm. in an office, not counting commutes or any of that. I'm just counting employee plus benefits. Yeah, these employees don't get benefits, they're outsourced, and they're on demand. So if you need 100 hours this month, and none, and I've I've done this now for a lot of tests, you've seen me do it. Um, And it's working beautifully. So a whole category of work that I would say would be 50 to $70,000 jobs are now on demand jobs. And I think we probably spend thousand dollars a month 12,000 a year for what i would have spent previously 50 to 70 thousand dollars on hiring a job for yeah so you got to let that sink in Mm -hmm. that's going to just keep happening and uh people are doing this now for customer service they're doing it for sales development they're doing it for design Mm -hmm. so designers now offshore in south america developers in south america cost half a third of what they do in the u.s the counter argument of course is well that's always existed not really Two things didn't exist. Not Those workers, yeah. it didn't exist at scale. Those workers uh, were not getting the phone phone calls from top companies because the top managers had the luxury of hiring you know American workers who wanted to come to an office that they could bond with and build their little organization. They could have their designer and their SDR and everybody here. Now managers are like, I, I don't need another headcount for that. I, I'll save my headcount for uh, you know a real heavy hitter. Or yeah. instead of having these three you know, B-level players, and it's not B-level, it's just sort of like commodity work or, you know, what becomes rote. This is going to take the entire average of salaries down to a global average and
0: the global average. Or up, right? Like let's up, not.
1: Up if you're out, if you're in South America, it's going up. Other, and if exactly. you're in America, it's going
0: down. Normalize. It's going to normalize. It's going to normalize. Correct? Yep. But I'm just speaking from an American perspective. It's super interesting. It's economic globalization, right? Like so far, we've had manufacturing globalization where we outsourced because it was cheaper. We are now going to outsource because it's cheaper. But there is the potential for, I mean, it will effectively be unlimited supply for these jobs. So I don't know that the prices are going to go, the economic benefit will be diffuse or slow in some of these other uh, places that are able to provide talent in this way. But- it could have a massive i mean i completely agree i think like long term that's what i also find sort of it's like depressingly short-sighted the conversations that people like a malcolm gladwell is having about the way you have to work and the way you've always worked and the way offices have to be and the whatever because like in fact this is in so many ways COVID has been a hinge event that's Mm going to change every branch Yes. of the way that we live. You the know?
1: timeline has split. We're on a yes. different timeline right now. We this are is a, a different, different time version time right of the multiverse. And this multiverse says, you don't need to come to an office and you, do, you don't need to have these jobs in a typical company. So right. you used to have to have a server farm. That's AWS. You, know, you used to have to have an accounting firm and an HR department. You know, That's one of these PEOs or outsource services, right? Everything becomes like a little API. Now, the difference is, managers now because of slack and teams coda notion all of these no code tools are also learning well when i'm managing this seventy thousand dollar american what do i get back from them Mm -hmm. i get a google sheet i get an excel i get a notion page i get a coda page i get a snippet of code i get a logo i get an edited short video for tiktok whatever the output is These managers are now going for managing culture and meeting culture and whatever bullshit was happening in the office and arguing over parking spaces and espresso and the drinks and the fine bars and you know your
0: dry cleaning. That's (laughs) what the managers were dealing with. Culture and you know somebody's unhappy about this and yes. And now all that goes to zero. Yeah. No more of that
1: performative accoutrement. You know, you know, bribing people to be happy. Mm -hmm. There's no more bribing people to be happy. It's what's your output, What your what's your output, and then everybody becomes ruthless on both sides. The freelancers are going to become ruthless. Mm-hmm. If you're the video editor who's doing Malcolm Gladwell's po- podcast for Pushkin Industries, and I come along and I'm like, he's underpaying you, I'll pay you more. Or the New York Times comes along, and says, I'll pay you more. New Yorker says, we have unlimited budget, we'll pay you more, whatever it is. You know, Mark Andreessen and his future.com, you know, this incredible tech website they launched that's just crushing it. <laughs> like- You've read like four articles today on future.com.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they spent oh, like I'm two sorry, million I, on the domain I, name. I, I thought you said ever. I thought you said I've read four articles ever. On remember that? Remember they were gonna. I do remember that. Just, yeah,
1: they were gonna be the meat. They
0: were gonna be the, the absolute canonical like we had truth a, positive. We had, we had a call actually. It's time and then to blog. The it's time to blog, and then the recruiter called me later and was like, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know they're not even close." They're not within even a mile of your salary requirement. So yes, so anyway, all those underpaid people who are just crushing. I mean, God, I really got, am trying to get blocked. Who cares? It's I, I mean, got it, unfollowed. Step one. Oh, oh, are you really? Yeah, Mark he's, he's following follow me you. and now he doesn't follow me. Welcome anymore. to the club. <laughs> it's not Welcome a full breakup. It's just a break.
1: Listen, I want you to go to usebubbles.com slash twist right now, download it, do a quick product demo. And then tweet it to me or email it to us at at askjason@launch.co, and I will personally watch your product demo. And we might even put you on the show. Bubbles is an async collaboration tool that allows you to do teamwork on your own time. Bubbles helps you get your point across by creating a 3D conversation that includes screen, audio, and video. It is incredibly beautiful. And I have been using it when I'm giving feedback to my team about inside.com. Instead of me having to write down, oh, I want you to do this, this, and this, I show them. This ability to communicate in real time, straight from your browser with no download, no app required, and one-click sharing is amazing. This product is super elegant, and it's perfect for code reviews, Q&A, strategy walkthroughs, and basically faster decision-making. No more useless meetings, just use bubbles. Bubbles was built for remote workers by remote workers. And that's why it is so flawless. In a recent survey 90% of survey users said bubbles helps them make better decisions. So visit usebubblescom slash twist to start using it. That's it. It's free to start using just head to use slash twist and send me your
0: product demo. What do you got to lose? Maybe I'll invest. I completely agree with you. I think like, all of this is about the shifting of the power dynamic, up to and including the response that managers are having, right? People yep. are like, no, you're 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 a worker who is my property. I need yeah. to be able to like see you and own you and own your time yep. and know what you're doing all the time. And workers are like, yeah, it turns out n- no work is a contract, right? It's yeah. a it's a two way contract in which both people yeah. have equal dignity yeah. regardless of their net worth, and you are entitled to my outcomes. Full That's stop. That. Right? Well, here And, it so is. You're gonna, and yeah. the idea that you could build a global workforce will change every dynamic, the, the crappy manager dynamic and the crappy worker dynamic, because yeah. we know that both exist in equal measure. I, I want to give advice to founders, right? This is This Week in Startups. Here's what founders should do.
1: Number one, you have to separate out passion and motivation and enthusiasm for your company's mission and work product. Right? These can be two different things. So I'm just going to outline maybe three buckets here. It, there obviously could be more, but just three JCal buckets here. Your management team needs to be highly mission driven, right? You care about startups, you care about the future. Nick cares about startups. He loves business, like Rachel's obsessed with Gen Z and technology, like great. Okay, the leaders, the full time people have to be motivated. And we've seen this here, right? We've had people who are amazing at editing videos, But maybe they don't care about startups, maybe they care about music, maybe they care about science fiction, who knows what they care about. And so they don't need to have the mission alignment. Those are contributors. And then there's freelancers. So let's just
0: say mission driven people, they get a lot of equity, they get great comp. Mm -hmm. And, And it's their actual personality to want to give all their time to work, right? Like, that's my style. Yeah, you, I don't I do mean, that literally. because you want me to. It's, I just prefer it. I got bored on the beach and started doing work because I like it better. And there, yes. those are the people who you've got. That's a tier. That's the tier. That's your top tier. That's yeah. the most important tier in your company.
1: You need to build relationships with them. You need to treat them really well. You need to check in on them, but you don't need to push them. Yeah. You can just have a conversation with them. I, when I have somebody like that and they're not performing at a level, I'd literally just say to them, hey, I noticed this didn't get done. I know that we both know this is not the level of work you do. Anything I can do to help here? Did you drop the ball? Did you not have the resources you need? Did you just simply forget about it? And they're like, I forgot, my bad. You know, they just take ownership and Mm -hmm. everybody moves on. Mm -hmm. Then there's a second tier. Now, these people could be full-time. They may not hate the mission or they're not required to be super enthusiastic. They just be highly competent. Mm -hmm. You can have highly competent people. They're not anti. They're generally good soldiers. They work hard. Product is consistent. But you don't need to manage them uh but they also but they don't have the motivation okay they shouldn't be in the top tier positions but they could be in a second tier position you just have to know they're going to leave and they're going to give two weeks notice or they are gonna give no weeks notice and y- you don't need to obsess over those folks they're mm-hmm. just like uh we, i think they call them in the, in the nba like journeymen they're going to come in they're right. going to you know play the utility game right utility
0: and fielders utility
1: yeah. journeymen mm-hmm. wh- whatever totally Adequate. Now there's the third tier, which I talked about before, which is like, you know, Fiverr, Magic, you know, all these great freelance places. And those people are going to do tasks for you. And you're going to, ma- you're going to look at the output, and you're constantly going to say to them, can you make this better? Can you do this cheaper? Some combination of that. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to look at you and say, can you pay me more for doing less? And this is called a marketplace. It's a natural uh, ruthlessness. Yeah. The best thing a freelancer can do. Actually, I talked to my brother about this. He's an electrician. And he's like, he's overworked. I said, Josh, double your rates. And if you don't have half the people saying no, you're not doing your job. But if half the people say no, and you've doubled your rates, you're charging far too little, then you'll have the same income and half the work. Yeah. He did it. It worked better than he expected. Good. He kept more than half. He's like, you're not going to believe this. This It's the best advice you ever gave me. I kept 90% like I lost one person, the person was the biggest pain in the ass. And now I'm making like 180% of what I was making. And I got you know, whatever 10% of my time back
0: It was like heck of overworked, but now we could afford to maybe hire a helper. There you go. Exactly. So anyway, allocate wisely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so
1: both sides should be doing this consistently. And both sides have now started to do this. And this is the big breakthrough I had with just SDRs. And I've seen other portfolio companies doing this and having great success. But I believe like design, even video editing, not for, a pub, not for us, like doing the amount we do seven episodes a week, but for somebody who's doing like one episode a week, of course you would outsource it. Like, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Mm-hmm. And what does it matter to you if you're outsourcing to Manila, Hong Kong, South America, somebody in Tahoe, Europe or whatever, best price, best service on the other side, I'm going to keep raising my rates until people say no. And this is going to free everybody. And you just pick where you wanna be. Now you have to ask yourself as a worker, where am I? And what is my motivation in life? Yeah. The reaction to Malcolm Gladwell's, there were very funny reactions where people, he was like, is this the life you wanna live? And they're like, yes. Yeah. And they were like talk over him. Don't you wanna be part of something? No. Yes, I'm part of my family. That's what I wanna be part of. I I (laughs) don't wanna be part of your company mission. And the delusion of us founders and capital allocators and creators in the world is we think everybody's going to be as enthusiastic
0: as us. I exactly. left that a long time ago. Totally. I lived Work under that delusion. you back. Right? It's someone else's vision yes. unless it's yours. Right. And you can join a vision
1: mm-hmm. and be totally stoked and share totally. a vision. Yeah. That's totally fine. But if you do not love capital allocation and startups, uh, or building a business community like you can't be at inside or launch or this week at startups, it's not gonna work, unless you look at it simply as a contract. And so this is going to become, I think the standard for startups is even smaller teams Mm -hmm. relying more on freelancers.
0: What I wonder about, as we imagine the like second and third order effects of this is what this does mean for like, if you have no work experience, right? Like what, do, what, what do you do if you're the college student who comes out, who would have gotten one of these jobs that is considered sort of like low pay and potentially expendable? Like you go on YouTube and teach yourself. Do we then have an entire collection of young people who are unemployable?
1: No, they, they have to hustle and do it. They have to learn the skills themselves because there's not going to be an office in all cases to go to and have a mentoring program. We're
0: going to need or, universal
1: basic income. I'm just saying. no.
0: No, because again, you're assuming everybody's the thirty percent. Now the problem with UBI is you're assuming just, that everybody we, is in either the top sixty or actually, right? If you if the if the your advice is you actually just have to go on YouTube and hustle and teach yourself, then you're assuming that everybody in America is a thirty percent high performer, and anybody who's not is SOL.
1: Well, they're not going to get UBI. Um, they're going to need to go work in jobs that kind of suck because they're not motivated enough to add skills. That's the beginning and end of it. No, there's gonna Somebody's be Somebody's gotta clean the bathroom. This Somebody's a, gotta work the register. This is the road to UBI. The UBI. is a disaster. I'm If you wanna know what happens when you give people UBI, look during COVID. They buy NFTs,
0: they get strange. No, 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 no. They start Again, gambling on do. crypto. <laughs> most Americans saved yeah. that money. Credit card debt went to an all time low. Okay. Like people used it well. They increased their people. household savings what and they do paid down do? their debt. And some people, some young people <laughs> paid down their debt and saved. They like bought again, crypto. <laughs> no. Young some people bought crypto. <laughs> tiny percent of people. Oh, please. What percentage of the American they, public they bought, they, is they involved sure, in crypto? They, they started buying AMC. Come How on, How many Molly. humans bought AMC? Tens like, of millions on. of them went YOLO oh, crazy. Oh, I oh, agree. Please. Even tens of even if thirty million people did that, that's one yeah. percent of the American population. That is 10%. A, an extreme 10% ten percent of the reporters plus numbers equals mistakes. That's only <laughs> okay, ten gotcha. percent, and I'm assuming it's no more than one percent. Actually, well, I'm you assuming probably it's 3 take out
1: you probably, you probably would take out the Let's the kids who are not working, the retirees. But yeah, so if you had one hundred fifty million people I do not working believe for a second, it was tens of millions of people. I do not. I believe it is. No, I way. mean just look at the look at the statistics of Robinhood and Coinbase. They added millions of customers. Like, I think there were millions of people doing this. But if you also want to see UBI at work, you can um, look at Saudi Arabia. During Uh, the pandemic, UBI worked for the American household. I think it It worked to not have people starve. Yes, and not be able to make their rent. Hunger
0: went down. Food insecurity went down. Homelessness actually went down, despite what everybody said was the right thing to do in the
1: short term. But if people do not have motivation and they don't work, their mind wanders. They're mind wanders. Okay, Malcolm. And young men who don't have work to do, you know what they do? They ride in the streets, they get violent, they get become extremists. It's been proven over and over again. Look at Greece, look at Spain, look at the Middle East, you get to 25% unemployment by men. What do they do? They wind up in the street throwing bottles. It's like, the,
0: it's the known truth. Yeah, but we don't know if they do that when they're getting UBI. We just know they do that when they're desperate and don't have any options. No, no.
1: In those cases, they were getting UBI. They were They were on the dole. They were like Saudi Arabia was mm-hmm. giving people you know, uh, buckets of money every month. I'm not saying like there shouldn't be a safety net, but I think- There should be a safety net, there should be a baseline. We kind of have unemployment as a safety net and and some Mm. other stuff, but I just feel like UBI is beautiful in principle but man, if people are not motivated, not productive in society, it's not a society I want to live in. I think it's going to be, it'll lead to unintended consequences like we you can't imagine.
0: But then you do have to have a mechanism to hire the people who come out of school who are like medium-talented, medium-motivated. That's most people. What, most what people are, are medium-talented, medium-motivated. What, what, were you, what were your first jobs? I mean, I got hired by a national news organization while I was still in college, but that's different. I'm not a medium. Okay, Molly, but
1: you have any jobs in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many I jobs
0: was, in college it's, it's hard yeah to make i had some jobs in college before any i became editor jobs, chief of any my like daily paper work oh work no i worked paper. at a shelter i mean this is like i don't mean okay. to sound like a total i worked at a shelter for abused and neglected children in college
1: well okay Yeah, paid to do that yeah yeah um i worked at amnesty international like I, you know you in could, high school you could i get worked
0: get at a grocery store
1: that did happen perfect that's what i'm talking about mm-hmm. so listen you and i come from a uh, certain amount of privilege probably Uh, Or at least had uh, an an educational lane that was available to us uh, that we took advantage of and you're talking about people who maybe don't go to college, right? Yeah, there are what do they call them bottom of the rung or you know starter, you know starter jobs like starter careers like you have to start somewhere Driving for doordash good segue here Uh, You know working at starbucks like those jobs Let you learn how to open a bank account, you know manage your checkbook pay your rent and realize Yeah, maybe I should do some. This is hard work.
0: But you are basically saying we're going to outsource all starter jobs.
1: You can't outsource the Starbucks ones, uh, but you can't outsource the the, some of the knowledge ones. So for knowledge, then how do you
0: ever become the middle? You know, how do you ever like like you if you stratify your workforce that much and you just say like the only people who are employable full time in the United States are. Middle to highest High performers. possible performers. Then and there's no sort of starter level available. Then where are you going to get them? Right, where's well, your supply? Yeah, it's it's this is
1: going to be a challenge. I'm not saying this is what I want. I'm right. predicting this is what will happen. Like a lot's going to change. A lot's going to change. And to your point. This benefits people. Us losing the factory workers here was terrible for America, right? Yes, all those was terrible. Thirty dollars an hour factory jobs, which were incredible, right? You you, you just you didn't even have to have a high school degree. You could go work in a car plant and make thirty bucks an hour, mm-hmm. or you could work in a place that made you know masks or whatever and make thirty bucks an hour. And the union fought for you, and you got you know a pension, yep. all this crazy stuff. And we put it in China. Who benefited? A billion, well, 500 million people who are living in abject poverty, like under $2 a day, they benefited, they moved into the middle class. So we wiped out our middle class, but we took poor people there. So if you were to look at it strictly from the humanity basis, a huge gain for humanity.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, and that was, that's the art, that has always been the argument for globalization. A Mm -hmm. rising tide will lift all boats. And we never Mm -hmm. want to acknowledge, and I will say that when President Barack Obama did an absolutely Mm -hmm. terrible job of ever acknowledging that some boats sink. Yeah. And capsize. that you have to yep. have a plan yep. for what to do about those boats, because if you don't, then you get Trump right after you.
1: Yeah, uh, it, we, we definitely capsized a bunch. And of so boats, we and can't
0: just sort of say like, oh, yeah, a bunch of this whole team. I mean, we can say it and it is likely to be what happens. And the, yeah. the seeds of the next revolution are being planted right now by the idea that a lot of people will be like, you know what? I just don't want to deal with employees. So I'm just going to like pay less to get it you know, on yep. fiber or from the Philippines. And, and that's the bigger, again, problem. again, some uh, some boats are going to raise, and some boats are going to sink. The bigger problem is, you, if
1: you hire SDRs, like I know a
0: lot of all SaaS companies have to hire SDR sales
1: development reps, okay, it's a grinded out job, right? You're trying to get leads, you're trying to get people to get on phone calls. It's a hard job, job only pays 40 grand 50 grand in US still a great job, you know, for, especially for work from home, it's a pretty sweet job, you can't hire people for these jobs, they won't take them. It's too painful. It's too arduous uh, for Americans. Now, if you're in Manila uh, or if you're in South America and Latin America and this job pays, you know, $12,000 a year and you don't have to work at a restaurant or, you know, drive a bus or whatever and you can work from your home. They're they're like they're they're like they can't believe they're getting paid this amount. Uh, And so it even for the people who wanted to hire Americans to these jobs, the Americans would not take them. And that, mm-hmm. and that's the other part of this is like, we have a level of entitlement in this country, a level of security where people can opt out. And you do have people opting out saying, you know what, I'll just drive Uber twice a week or DoorDash twice a week. I'll right. live, I'll cohabitat with somebody, right? So if I lower my burn, I work the best shifts at DoorDash where like it's the weekends or the, you know, four o'clock to eight o'clock when dinner is being delivered. I know it can do three rides an hour. I'll do those only. And they just sort of like craft their own life. Mm -hmm. that maybe doesn't include you know high spending but includes a lot more free time and so i think that's that's the adaptation i see happening is people living in low living a lower cost lifestyle lowering their monthly nut Mm -hmm. and then using gig work to supplement and then you know whatever five six people living in a house
0: in a more side note modern family way lower carbon emissions let's go yeah De-growth I, for the win it's so
1: hard the chessboard is moving so it dynamically really right now yeah um but i I'll, so i'll just tell you the things i came to with uh, my own work from home stuff briefly if you want to work from home you need to it's your responsibility to work from home employees all work from home employees who want to remain remote should adhere to these so they can keep remote work you must have an office a space with a closed door proper lighting proper okay. zoom setup okay that's illegal you, have you to, cannot require
0: you're going to require people to uh, be able to afford two bedroom apartments really no
1: no this you is could put up a screen behind you you could be in your one bedroom what i'm talking about is people who are have their kids with them and they're in the living room and there's people walking behind them those kind of situations are what tweak managers who don't want people
0: to what work you can't do anything about that
1: sure you can if you have a bedroom you can set up a space what if you don't have a bedroom Oh, you live in a studio apartment? Yes. If you're alone in a studio apartment, it'd be fine. Anyway, the point is, you cannot take people's housing. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can Uh, actually. They will. Uh, It is required to have a quiet room if you want to be a customer support rep, like at JetBlue and those kind of things. If you if you don't have a a room with a closed door, that was the rule for JetBlue. Mm -hmm. Then you can come to one of the call centers, and that is going to be one of the key things here. Second, have Ethernet, and you got to have childcare. This is another thing that's tweaking managers. People are not having childcare, having kids at home during the day. I've had this situation a couple of times so where I lost childcare. Mom's
0: care. like, sorry, you're screwed.
1: Well, if you don't have childcare, you can't take care of a kid and be on calls at the same time, uh, dad or mom. I've been in the situation. It's just impossible. Now, at a certain age kids, they can take care of themselves, whatever. The 12 year olds, that's different. I'm talking I mean, about like I babies. Hear
0: I'm just saying you're going to get sued. Uh, if you're no, telling people uh, you have to not you personally, I'm just saying if you're telling people you have to have childcare, what does that mean? You have to have childcare, your childcare can never get sick. No, no, you, you can't be working from home on 10 phone hours calls a day with
1: a kid on your lap in an open space. So these are the requirements that are going to become codified. I believe you're gonna to have to have a perfect setup with Ethernet, you are going to have to have a quiet room with a closed door, and you have to have childcare, and you're gonna to have to work a specific block of time. And some of these things are already in place, and they have been in place for years. So like for Customer support reps, that's what JetBlue did. I remember talking to the, because it was a radical idea to let people work from home 20 years ago and JetBlue mm-hmm. did that. And they said, this is the, you know, the, uh, what do they call it? covenants? Like, these are the covenants. You got to have childcare. You can't be on the phone, like, helping somebody and then have a kid screaming in the background. So quiet room, door locked, and, uh, you know, proper headset, yada, yada. Proper, e- you know, ethernet, like I always talk about. And so, and then I think the time block is super important. Because what's happening now is people are making their own hours and then people are not overlapping. So it doesn't need to be everybody works the same eight hours, but organizations need to come up with like a four hour block or five hour block that everybody says, hey, 10 to three, we're all going to be online at the same time so we can collaborate as opposed to, you know, whatever. Now that's going to be difficult, you know, if you happen to live out of the three hour continental United States. But again, if that's your decision as a remote worker, you're going to have to make that agreement or go into an office or work for a company in your time zone. So I think that this these are the again, back to second and third order effects, I think these are the things that will make remote work permanent. So to the extent people want this to be a permanent thing, the people who are working remote need to think about what is tweaking the employer and reverse it, right? Th- this I, is my advice to that side. Yeah, know, just like my, have advice well, to I hear side.
0: you. But I think you're also saying the only person who has any input and power here is the manager, right? Like, if I get my work done, day. is it my problem that the manager is tweaked? Well, um, like, if you, if your goal is outcomes, right, and you get those outcomes, then you might not like the appearance of the child on the zoom, right? But if there is no evidence whatsoever that that has been a problem, then, you know, you're still putting all the power in the hand of, like, well, the employer, what, what I'm saying is, a, yeah, is when you start to see the no, see, you're saying the employer has all the power and the person is your property. It's a contract to
1: say, no, I was about to recognize what you're saying and saying, both parties have to opt in. I was actually gonna say the uh, opposite, which is, yeah. but you know, it's like, or don't take the job, right? So wh- what I see happening is what happened in the call center space. I, I that was the only but call centers
0: are such a specific
1: kind of job. It is. And that job, I think, they figured out, how to make it work, because you could trust the person once it's screwing around because you saw the number of calls they're doing. You could, you then they set this sort of system up. Uh, they even have desktop monitoring. So like your entire system is monitored. I, I'm not an advocate of that. I think that's like kind of creepy. But I do think that th- this is where this is headed because of the overwork.com, overwork subreddit and all this stuff is that managers who can't figure this out and employees who are abusing it are going to ruin it for everybody else. And then there just has to be some contract made like a social contract to bridge those two extremes i'm not saying i this is what i'm doing i'm doing something very different here but i just hire a players and fire people who are b players (laughs) i have a different approach to that if you're a b player you can't be on this team you're going to be a freelancer and freelancers might love that right like even at Mm -hmm. inside i have this we have full-time people writing newsletters some people and i won't call them b players they just want more freedom and i just say okay we'll just pay you per newsletter Mm -hmm. and people like you will and i'm like well why wouldn't i like right Right, don't have to pay your benefits. You get to pay it's, your hours within reason.
0: What most know? managers, what most, like people, the best managers I've ever encountered are the ones who can recognize the skills of an individual and and make accommodations to make that individual successful, understanding that those accommodations may not be available to someone who's less successful. Most managers, most people don't want to do that. It's more work. Like it is way easier to have one solution that solves every issue, you think right you you will normalize performance in some ways you'll get like less out of your high performers and maybe more out of your low performers by having a one size fits all response and we have always wanted to sort of avoid having to manage individuals and mm. at really really big companies it's very hard so you can yeah. imagine why you just go straight to policy because it's a lot easier to handle
1: it's That's what I'm trying to say like, what do you think the reasonable policies are to address these concerns i think it's going to just also be some contractual stuff in hr whereas if you know Specifically, with this idea of like you have to clear work with your boss if you're going to do outside work. You know, it's not yeah, totally legal for you, but you do have to clear it. I mean, I have that policy. If people want to take outside jobs here, just let me know. Yeah. I think actually, yeah, people who are that's super on the, standard. Yeah, super standard. I mean, so it's going to be interesting yeah. to watch. I think that's all super interested.
0: standard, I, and I think it's going to be it's a higher bar for managing, is what it really is.
1: It has been. You know what? Once you get into the rhythm of it, I'm in the rhythm of it now. Mm-hmm. I have solved it. I, I oh, the, the other innovation I came out with. Is uh, co-working, uh, or what do they call it when you're working together, but not necessarily in a meeting. Parallel Like you're on working? a huddle, and you're... There's a oh, term I for this. Is it, Rachel uh, says it's co-working. It is, yeah. It's kind of like when kids do what's called parallel play. So, they'll have like oh, yeah. kids at my a brother, table.
0: Yeah, my brother and I play? used to do this with uh, Bulls games when I was younger and living in Omaha and he was in North Dakota, he would call me and we would just sit on the phone on long distance because we didn't know any better for hours and just watch the Bulls game. Sure, We wouldn't talk. We would just watch the game and then like cheer when something happened or whatever. That's basically what our production team does all the time. This What Malcolm Gladwell was talking about, this disconnect, can be solved. So I'm
1: doing tests at inside.com now. Instead Mm -hmm. of having people, we would have three people writing three newsletters. And I said, I want you to run an experiment. Have those three people on a huddle. For people who don't know, that's just audio only on Slack, yep. or you could do a zoom, and you could have your camera off or blur, whatever. You don't have to be on camera the whole time. I know that could be creepy for people, but have three writers, and each of these inside newsletters has seven stories in it. So three newsletters is 21 objects, if you think about it. Little mm-hmm. short summaries uh, in the format I created. So have three people do two, You know, one person does three stories for inside NFTs. Then they move on to inside crypto, then they move on to inside podcasting, but they work as a group and they say, oh, I'm gonna do this story. This looks the most interesting. Yeah. And then somebody else says, oh, we did that yesterday. And you say, oh, okay, L- let me read it and make sure. Okay, yeah, you know what, there's no new news. All right, I'm gonna do this one. And they say, oh, okay, great. Uh, I was thinking about that one, I'll do this one. And then they say, okay, I'm done with this one. I'm moving on to this one. So you're, there's no manager involved. Nobody's mm-hmm. like, did you get this done? How many minutes does it take? But you're working as a group together to craft a newsletter like we do here at Crafting a Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's more fun. And you feel less isolated, and you feel like you're part of something, right? And so I
0: think this is like what there are a million ways to do this that don't involve yeah. some old version grafted onto some new. You know, it's it doesn't have this to is a like, completely new it version. Of it, think about the, it. Yeah, it is. It's you're, you're, it's a you're, total you're adaptation. That's a great word for it. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's like you're you're breaking apart work and then saying, how do I make this like a, a barn raising? How do I make this like we're all painting the fence together, but virtually? Yeah. And I'm finding like it's actually jazzing people up and it's get, we're getting to know our writers better, and then they're making each other better. So like you could go run a, alone for seven miles, or you could run with two other people for seven miles, which is gonna be better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of better to run with other people, I think. And so this is what I encourage people to do is look for opportunities like that to co-work or parallel play or parallel projects. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I think we we talked about this for a lot.
0: I know, we really <laughs> have. All right, everybody, that is uh, the future of remote work, a topic you thought was dead but well, tell us what only, you think, has what's only working just for begun? your,
1: I would like to hear from people what's working for their company. If they have any hacks or techniques, I'm, I'm always thinking, you know how I am, I'm always thinking about the path forward and what are the good techniques yeah. and who, like what are the second and third order effects. I think this is gonna be tremendous on mentoring people. You know, mm-hmm. um, we do it mm-hmm. here. This Week in Startups does a huddle in the morning where they talk about the news. And I think that changed everything, right, Nick? It made it more fun. You guys get to know each other, get, develop some friendships. It was
2: definitely good. Yeah.
1: All right, well, listen, speaking of uh, gig work, I saw some kind of deal between DoorDash and Meta. Maybe you could tee this up for us, Mike.
0: Exactly. Speaking of, we are going to talk about other news today because we didn't get to this yesterday, and it's super interesting. On Monday, DoorDash and Meta announced this partnership where DoorDash drivers will now deliver items purchased through Facebook Marketplace. So if you're not familiar Mm -hmm. with Facebook Marketplace, it's basically new Craigslist or kind of like Nextdoor. People sell all kinds of stuff. A lot of it is, I find, like there's like drop shipping type stuff where they just sort of order from China as soon as you order it but it's also a lot of people sell reselling stuff circular economy kind of thing and the biggest and facebook has re, it really pushes you if you ever sell anything on facebook marketplace they really really push you to offer delivery which is hard in some cases and now they're partnering with doordash to just make this delivery thing super easy which i think is fascinating because i think that marketplace facebook marketplace is like mm. the silent killer this thing is quietly Huge, and it's all used goods. Where people are using it like Etsy
1: and eBay, where eventually people, you know, were selling brand new socks
0: on it, and they were kind of creating like Shopify kind of stores. Is yeah, it becoming like a Shopify type of competitor? I think it's definitely a Shopify competitor. Like people started out selling used stuff, and you can definitely find that there. That exists. You can buy somebody's old. You know, there's a lot of that. But I also like I bought a gardening bench, and then I was like, oh, this is clearly just a dropship thing where. Multiple vendors are selling the exact same garden bench that they just order from uh. one factory in China as soon as they get an order. But there's a little bit of everything in there. And, you know, this is totally random. But when I was on vacation, I was stand up paddle boarding with a guy from Iowa, like you do at a resort in Mexico. Yeah, And he, what were, I was, oh, I was saying you should get, because he was like, this is really fun. I should get a paddleboard. And I'm like, dude, you got to go inflatable. Those things are awesome. Da, 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 da. And then he's like, I wonder if I could find one on Facebook Marketplace. Wow. Everybody I know only shops on facebook marketplace these days that's what he he's said like, yeah he's wow. like it's huge mm, everybody you like you check there first and then you look somewhere else for
1: stuff it's kind of like a super app concept when you think about it so now doordash
0: will be doing deliveries for things bought on the facebook marketplace is that the headline i saw yeah by? yeah exactly so if you buy it on facebook marketplace and then presumably if you're a seller you would be able to offer it a little more cheaply
1: yeah this has to do with tony um Tony uh, from uh, DoorDash, where I remember meeting when he was launching it, uh, and they were real serious hackers. And I'm, I'm friendly with Stanley, the other co founder, who we play cards together sometimes. He plays cards on a lot of live streams now. But oh, yeah, don't okay, know this, so but Tony is on Facebook's board and he's friends with Zuck. Uh-huh. So this is an inside job. Um, this is an yeah. inside job. It's an inside job. And so what this really is is um, this is great for uh, DoorDash because it gives their drivers one more thing to do, right? Yep. Uh, one more way to make money. It and totally So does. very smart and, on their and part.
0: And it enables more sellers on Marketplace because I think what they have probably found is that the ones that offer delivery are obviously the most popular, right? Like, yes, I drove all the way to Albany to pick up a like cute rug that I bought on Nextdoor this weekend, but I didn't want to. <laughs> If I could have gotten it delivered for like the same price as getting, you know, Chinese food on DoorDash, I definitely would have done it. So the service basically uh, will let people deliver anything that can fit in a car trunk, and they're up to 15 miles away. So in terms of enabling circular economy and reselling stuff, amazing, great, brilliant deal. Look out for Facebook Marketplace, Silent Killer. Fascinating. I guess the loser in this is Craigslist, I guess, people, or eBay? Yeah, and next door, and possibly Etsy and Shopify, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. Mm. this is the new store. This is uh, This like, uh, don't sleep on Facebook marketplace. This is a way bigger deal than the metaverse. Like this is their, this is an Amazon competitor.
1: Well, if Amazon is gonna do advertising, then why wouldn't Facebook, you know, start selling stuff, right? And this is why, you know, when you get to a certain scale, everything kind of is trending towards a super app where all services will offer all things, right? This is why um, I think, you know, I'm still a large shareholder in Uber uh, or it's still my largest position of all public companies. And I really am impressed with like that they put on the gold belly type business Mm -hmm. and I'd like to see them keep pulling that string and see where it leads them. I very much would like to uh, see more uh, hotels and event ticketing and that kind of stuff on the Uber app. I think that would be extraordinary. They already do delivery. I literally was in a situation where somebody had forgotten their passport and they didn't know that Uber did this, but in Uber, there's a delivery and you just click delivery and the person comes and picks it up and they give you a receipt and you sign for it. And so people don't know Uber does this, but when you're on the main interface, it just says they delivery. So you can already, if you're a Facebook merchant, just click delivery and, and do it there. But this will be integrated into the transaction, I'm assuming. Probably, yeah. Yep. All right, uh, just an update on a quick J trade update. Um, people saw I that- I have been wondering. D- people have been wondering uh dan loeb from third point bought on monday a billion dollars in disney shares of course he's uh dan loeb one of the great uh investors of this generation and clearly watching j trading uh, <laughs> like a hawk and Obviously. he followed me into the disney trade <laughs> uh but he's an activist disney shares jumped and you know i, I think i had bought 250 and one of my thesis uh my thesis on this J trading was, hey, if we find great companies, we we want to over time increase our position. And then we had 250 shares of uh, Disney, mm-hmm. but uh, I saw the Dan Loeb's enthusiasm and thought time to quadruple down. So incoming J trade, J
0: trade alert.
1: I bought another 750 shares, Damn. so I think it might be my largest position now.
0: Damn, it's uh, it's getting up there. Um, so Loeb making moves, too. He wrote a note to Disney CEO Bob Chapek. Are the glasses coming out? Is it happening? Is no. it happening? <laughs> He's literally it trying to read happened. it. It <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> he already bought it. it, but it's not a live share. Um, no, I already... It's not. Trade. I
1: bought it a uh, couple days ago. Yeah.
0: But it's... Oh, yesterday is, I bought it. Yeah. So, what do you think about these moves, then? So, you're buying on the theory that, A, Disney's going to continue to get strong, but also that Daniel Loeb's moves, Hmm. such as encouraging Bob Chapek to spin off ESPN. uh, And some of his activist moves are going to be to the good of Disney to the benefit. Um, Yeah, I think,
1: generally speaking, when a smart person uh, gets involved and buys a position and they have Mm -hmm. influence great, and he wants the shares to go up in value, right? Mm -hmm. This is, you know, not this is not me buying shares. This is somebody who is like a professional investor who is doing this for a living who really wants to um, make money. So yeah, I think it, it builds my thesis that this is an undervalued, tremendously important company. I, I, I could see ESPN, I you know, the spinning out of ESPN to me would be great because we would get shares in ESPN. Mm-hmm. Then we would have management at ESPN that would just Go for it, right? You know, it's like when eBay spun out PayPal, as he mentions here, he says, we believe that most arrangements between the two companies can be replicated contractually in a way eBay spun PayPal while continuing to utilize the product to process payments. Uh, he also urged TAPIC, uh to rush to complete the Hulu acquisition, uh, which would be great, right? Comcast mm-hmm. has an agreement to sell 33% stake in Hulu to Disney in two years. So he might as as well Hulu do it Hulu is
0: crushing it. Yeah.
1: Anyway, that was great. And okay, so in other J trading news, I don't know what's going on, but Stitch Fix is up 24%. I'm not sure what my cost basis is (laughs) here, but, uh, and if I had my grandpa glasses, I could actually read my screen, uh, but I don't. I mean, this is the problem with the Robin Hood. I literally cannot read my Robin Hood here.
0: (laughs) What was that hilarious thing you said the other day? You had to be a Falcon? I don't know. Anyway, let's see.
1: I'm looking.
0: Oh, I got it. Shares of Stitch Fix. I bought
1: 5,000 shares at $6.27 average. I am up
0: forty percent i think i'm up like 40 percent yeah i'm looking at uh the motley fool on what happened investors are saying they may have been too hasty in abandoning this apparel stock Mm. Mm. pretty great also if you are required to go back from to work i'm just saying you know what you really need what new clothes (laughs) that a stylist (laughs) picked out for you because you have no freaking idea what to wear i think yeah
1: but anyway, uh, looks like the J trading portfolio is doing great. Um, <laughs> except for Warner Brothers Disney, which we'll get to. Aww, uh, anything nah. on tap for tomorrow we should talk. So anyway, i will check in on stif- Stitch Fix or oh, is not investing advice. It's yep. just me learning in public. Although yep. I am getting a lot of inbound about me learning in public. I don't know if you saw like, a lot of people
0: are sending me tips like, hey, yeah. check out this stock or check out this stock. People love learning in public. Like I would say probably the number one comment that I get is that people love the VC Sunday School. And uh. then what they, people really like uh, basic vulnerability, like the ability to say, I do not know a thing. Yes. And let's all learn that thing together. Shouldn't be so difficult in the world, but it people, it's really helpful. Like I always felt as a journalist that it was the most useful. And even on BC Sunday school to be able to just say like, I'm going to just ask the dumb question. Cause somebody out there doesn't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are telling me these strategies of like, Hey, if you, you should be putting puts and calls and this, uh, oh, on God. these trades and to buy. I'm like, Seems very complicated, but maybe uh, I will learn how to do one of those. Like, oh, yeah, if you if Mm -hmm. you're buying the shares and you believe it's going to go up, then you could do this to protect your downside, or you could do this to optimize your upside. Have you ever done any of these puts and calls and shorted anything?
0: Oh, God, no, I'm too stupid for that. Are you kidding? I
1: I never. Well, I mean, it's just like a gambling technique that I think
0: I want to learn. So we could all learn in public. I just keep Uh, reading the Calci article on how to hedge. Like, I'm super into the. Mm. hedging against real world things on Kalshi I'm still that's as complicated oh, right. as I am all right Kalshi I that's where about I'm going Kalshi. right now right. I've become a little obsessed yeah. with Kalshi Interesting So while you I have not yet I have funded my Kalshi account but I haven't done anything I haven't bought really? any contracts yet but I'm like real hmm. interested in this hedging So we could start making Kalshi bets concept. on the pod Maybe we can start making Kalshi bets I'm maybe into need, that Maybe they need to sponsor the pod Shout out Kalshi maybe if we uh, start freaking uh, awesome Kalshi I'm obsessed <laughs> with it as well, a you, source of data and just an interesting, like yeah, I'm. I'm well, here's the thing: when you play be bets, my kind of gambling. Here's my theory, and I,
1: I, this has been proven: when you place bets uh, and you have skin in the game, mm-hmm. you learn faster. Mm-hmm. Kind of like if you're going to learn how to fight, and you get punched in the face, and you're boxing, and you actually get hit. You kind of learn <laughs> to block and to not yep. get hit. So you know the the lessons, I think, come faster, and you, the, you learn them deeper. Yeah, kind of like playing poker. Like If you're playing poker for no money, it's like you don't really learn anything. But when you start playing for money. You're like, ah, what? How did I make that mistake? So again, I want to start, you know, just continuing to learn how to make these financial bets. And I like this idea of making bets based on world events. And because that would mean you'd learn more macro, right? Right. So you see making macro bets. And I think really interesting. predictive so two th- markets
0: are so interesting. I'm so into predictive
1: markets. I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah, I think I may get in on this with you. If you have any ideas of predictive markets, that'd be a good places to do this. You can, of course, email producers at This Week in Startups. The other yep. thing is we had a crypto roundtable. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it last week with Vinny Lingham and Sandeep Madra. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do that next week, but we'll do it the week after. And so you Great. can join me, Molly, on that. And then the four of us will talk about crypto because these guys are actually like doing work and building companies. I actually may want to J-trade some crypto. So I was like, hey, what's going on with Doge? Because I, I checked out this MyDoge app that Bill Lee made. Yeah. And they're like, you know, they add 5% to the supply of Doge every year. So it's not like an appreciating asset in that way, in all likelihood. It's going to be more like um, currency, you know, like you use it more than. Right. You actually use it. Oh, so I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about supply and demand of, of these things, but that could be an interesting thing too, is to kind of learn. Yeah. If actually, I think my thesis is. I'm going of to the put my teeny comes. tiny
0: portfolio at risk yeah. here. It's not going away. It's not like it's, it's not, not going, going to zero. It's not going away. I liked Howard Lindzen's comments on Friday,
1: where he said like it's just more internet, and I was like, that's the best framing for this. Like yep. these are new features of the internet. Stop calling a Web three. Stop. Call- it's just more internet. Yeah, and more internet. If NFTs, you know, have certain rights or smart contracts, like yeah, smart contracts are like okay, yeah, you have a website and you can put a smart contract in it, and it goes to this network and. It gets executed and nobody has a say in it, right? Like it just, there's some Oracle that tells you the price of, we made a bet on the temperature, right? Mm-hmm. Or I made a bet on how much snow there was going to be this year, right? And I bet, if I bet $1,000 that we're going to have a really terrible snowfall and I win that bet. Yeah. I get $1,000 and I use it to go fly somewhere where there's good snow. Yeah. If we have record snowfall and I lose it, had record snowfall and i got to do all the skiing i wanted exactly. to do so it's i was just thinking like wow can i place that bet of the number of feet of snow in tahoe this year if i win if i lose i win yeah because there's snow for me to ski on that's why i'm so into the hedge thing and if like, i lose i take the winnings mm-hmm. and i go to park city
0: like the example that he gave that the example that Kalshi gives in its little tutorial is like, let's say you have tickets to a baseball game, and you spend a 100 bucks on them, and there's a 50% chance of rain or a 70% chance of rain. And if it doesn't, if it rains, you're going to lose your 100 bucks, because you're not going to go to the game. So you could go on Kalshi instead, and buy contracts, you know, you spend $10 to buy a $100 to win a $100 on something that's a pretty sure bet, like a 90%, you know, you take mm-hmm. the you take the most likely outcome. So then if it rains, You don't lose $100 because you make it on your cash contract. Hmm. And if it doesn't rain, then you're in the money on both sides.
1: Hmm. So interesting. Super interesting. All
0: right, everybody. So uh, More market manipulation ahead. Yay! This is not investment (laughs) advice. (laughs) This is not investment advice. We'll be back tomorrow with more news and another episode of everybody's other new favorite about learning in public, the blueprint. Oh. Oh, is the blueprint back tomorrow? Great. Oh, and by the way, I might have a leak.
1: I can't confirm this, Molly. But I think I've been getting some DMs from somebody inside of Adam Newman's company. (laughs) There's somebody inside. It could be somebody around or inside his organization. I don't actually know. But they've been leaking to me some future plans. And I got to check. I I think because we're doing journalism here. And I think some of this information is quasi-public. I'm going to have to check with some attorneys. Embargo. But... Tomorrow, I'm going to share one of the future plans for, for Adam Newman's flow. He's actually got some product extensions, and uh, somebody told me about one of them. And so I'm going to share it with you tomorrow.
0: It's going to be amazing, everyone. Don't, Don't be amazing,
1: everyone. miss it.